0: That's a dreadful ball, and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back
1: of the net! all right What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri. Miller, lovely cushion header
0: oh, But What a header!
2: What a hit. The Ghost Goal Podcast. And after months of perilous waiting, we are finally back. The Premier League is back. Football around the world is back. And the The Ghost School Podcast Podcast
1: is fucking back.
2: I'm Adrian Pissarro, in here with the whole squad, Alex Moss, Javier Revelo, Gentlemen, it's good to see you. It's good to be back.
1: Excited to have football this week. It's It's been, what, three months since almost, since this COVID stuff started? Two. Well too i i just listened to the last episode before or, or since uh since now and i it was me and hugo on march like the end of march march 26th uh but you know that i think we recorded it we're in mid june it's that, been three months dude we're in okay, mid june right, we're not yeah. mid june we're early june it's the, june. Okay, it's the 14th no, man and the premier league's not starting for another yeah, okay mid-June. you're right yeah, it's been three months it's been two we and a half our months footy. it's two and a um, half months
0: but yeah, it's 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 been good to get this this Bundesliga and La Liga action we've been getting these last couple of weeks. Um, looks like Bayern's what wrapped up there. I, what did, you, did we say was eighth eighth title in a row here, pretty much. Um,
2: yeah, something like it. It's it's been like it's been fun watching though there's a bunch of players that i'm like liking to watch uh i like thiram from uh, munchen gladbach timo werner's always fun and the red bull leipzig overs always fun julian, to watch julian Kinda Brandt has been Julian that on, on
0: dortmund that guy is i don't know he's just out of this world for me but i don't know cuz the bundesliga is shit so every like some of these players look really good and then you know we'll we'll see how it goes but um excited to get the real footy back you know, we're uh, just a yeah. little appetizer before the main course now.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, the nice thing, too, is there's going to be so much going on. I mean, there's I mean, Premier League games are going to be all over the place. Time wise games is from like seven in the morning until like three o'clock in the afternoon, our time, which is just insane. I'm so pumped for that. I hope they kind of like maybe retain this after it. I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, obviously La Liga back this weekend uh uh, Serie A back next weekend as well They had the Copa Italia over the weekend I watched some of that um, Bundesliga is still kicking strong MLS is going to do this World that Cup format fun. which yeah. And we've just got I know I We're just going to have so much sports After a time of no sports So I'm excited to have something but uh, we mentioned Timo Werner. Let's, uh, let's get right into that. He had a public plea for Liverpool, come get me, Liverpool, come get me. It sounded like it would have been a slam dunk, and then Liverpool decide that due to the finances of COVID to pass, and he ends up not joining Liverpool, not joining Bayern Munich, who he had been linked to uh, the summer before, but now joins Premier League rival Chelsea as they had been openly shopping around for a striker this summer. And frankly, this is the most feared I've been of a Chelsea striker since Diego because this kid can flat-out play. He's got really good pace. Um, Some say he can play wide. I don't really see him as a wide player, but he's just got that really electric pace. He's a natural finisher. I thought he was small. He's actually 5'11", Alex
0: pointed out, so he's not even that small. Yeah, Um, he's... He's, an, he's a he's striker. He just up striker. a little bit. He's,
1: he's probably going to be pretty dangerous. He's Germany's start... number nine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, um, I know they didn't get through the group stage of the World Cup, but, you know, Germany, one of the best teams talent wise in the world, he's their I mean, number one. Yeah, they've one got goal an, an, an amazing their, young team,
0: and he's going to be spearheading that for the next, you know. Foreseeable future, I mean, there isn't. And maybe Kai Havertz. He might. He might be the one that the main competition. That the one he we mentioned earlier. But yeah, I mean, it looks like this is going to be a really good signing for Chelsea. And I mean, they've been looking for that that big number nine, that that guy that they they for the future. Um, really, since before Diego. I mean, Diego played what only three years for Chelsea. Um, so, I think this is going to be a signing that could be there for yep. you know five, seven years and could you know, become a, a, one of Chelsea's best strikers ever if, if, this, actually, if this deal actually you know, ends up
1: going through, as, as you guys say it is. I, I think the general consensus on why this deal ended up happening, because I was, I was not thinking we had any sort of chance of getting Timo Werner uh, two or three months ago. I thought, uh, just like last summer, where Werner has said himself, he was saying goodbye to his Leipzig teammates because he thought he was joining Bayern, I thought Bayern was a much more likely destination. I thought Liverpool definitely was much more likely. I thought like, maybe even some Spanish clubs I feel would like Bayern be are going to buy Hazard. Barcelona,
0: like I think that they they have their eye on probably. Him.
1: But all those clubs, I thought were ahead of Chelsea in the pecking order, and uh, I thought we should be interested to see what ends up developing there. And I think the general consensus now is that. Due to the fact that Chelsea were prohibited from making transfers for the last two windows, we, we've had this like, I mean, you can use the term war chest if you want. I don't think it's like that much money. I think the money, the 40 million spent on ZX and now the 55 to 60 million spent on Werner will make up 100 million for this summer transfer window this summer. I think that's about around that much is going to be about how much we can spend during the summer, maybe a little bit more, depending on player sales. But because we were forced to sit out from the transfer window, we're now set up to be one of the few teams that has a little bit of money in stock or in store to spend when everyone else is thinking, "What the hell is going to be? What, what is the market going to look like? What is like our team's value and what are our losses?" Did, uh, did look the like Chelsea players this? take so, a
0: pay cut during COVID? I know the Arsenal players did. Um, I know several clubs no. did, but I wasn't sure if the Chelsea players did that or not.
1: I guess yeah. you Because no, how could you all. guys say
0: you didn't mm-hmm. have money? They were just like, I know you guys have money. You guys definitely have. Yeah. Literally,
1: yeah. Chelsea. Chelsea didn't furlough like any of the administrative staff for like the stadium or anything. They paid everyone. Chelsea yeah. have been like, it's actually one of the few times I've been like, oh shit, like wow, we've we're really holding it down in the sort of like civil rights and worker rights category here.
2: Yeah. And and I'll say he, he gets a huge contract 200,000 pounds a week and I, I think that's also part of the reason why Liverpool has this. Oh, they weren't the going to give him that because they are They will he would I, have
1: been the highest I don't highest- think that's I don't think that's going to be it for us. I I've heard like 170,000 a week, 180,000 a week, something like that, which uh, which the like that's not a problem for Chelsea the only problem it presents is in Tammy Abraham's contract negotiations because he's right. been one of the league's top scorers this year his contract's up in two seasons he'll he, he will say to Chelsea when negotiating i deserve as much as Timo Werner and right. he's got these 9 games when the premier league kicks up to basically prove it because he's healthy and going to be the starting striker in every single one of them so he can prove it and get that contract for sure in these next 9 games
2: And that, but that was again part of the Liverpool thing. That's like, why are we going to go give someone who's done nothing when we're trying to reward Virgil Van Dijk, Allison, Genie Wijnaldum, Uh, all these players. There, know no, that. that I've listened to a bunch of things and read up a whole bunch of that if he came in he would have been the highest his salary would have been the highest salary at Liverpool and when you've got all these players who helped you get back to like the level you want to reward them and like if you're going to pay him this all of them are going to want more. Yeah, I think you just so you just need like, to keep your was, Manes okay. your
0: Salas, your Van Dijks. I mean, that's that's what you got to exactly. do for if you're like, Liverpool right now.
2: Yeah. Um and like that's part of like and we'll get to it later, but that's like this stretch is really the one of the things I will say as like a Liverpool fan like yeah I'm pissed that we missed out on him I would like to see Kai Havertz come in if instead if we can't you know if we could bring him in but I think this is like the chance for all these young players that we have that you know we've been talking about or either it's the young players whether it's Rion Brewster or Harvey Elliott or but also like Takumi... Yeah, uh, Takumi Minamino, who's who we just brought in from Rebel Salzburg. Like, I hope he used this time frame to continue to like study the way Klopp plays football, train, and hopefully get a little bit more acclimated to the league, and can come in and make a difference. Because, I mean, you look at Timo Werner; he's not Roberto Firmino. We would have changed the styles of playing to utilize him. Where I mean, Takumi, can't you, like, let
1: me. Can I just cut in for a second and say that if you had made that signing and played Timo Werner up top with Firmino dropping in as the second striker Oh, that's what I wanted. and Mane and Salah either either side, there's no way that doesn't improve your team. You have something to figure out in midfield, but if you just played Fabinho and Henderson in the midfield pivot, I feel like that's that your attack improves astronomically and you don't really lose anything defensively or in terms of work rate. Like Firmino oh, still I works do. his ass off and Werner works his ass off. So I don't
2: disagree with you. I'm just spin it zoning It would have been a here, great Alex.
1: move for the team. But <laughs> yes, I mean, it would have. Rationalize not spending the money. Rationalize cheaping out on one of the best young forwards in, in Europe all you like because I'm just happy we've got him because we we definitely needed like a guy who's proven 20-plus goals a season in the league and he's 24 years old so yes please give me, give me that, yeah. give me Timo Werner
2: I just hope, my biggest hope right now if you're Liverpool is I hope Brian Brewster comes back from this loans of swans continuing to, to score goals and can continue to shine like the other players from that England U-17 World Cup team where he led the, you know, that's where Jadon Sancho broke through, that's where a bunch of other like young English players have, I think Mason Mount was on that team too wasn't he? Which team? The uh, England U17 team that won the World Cup. The U17 no, World was, Cup.
1: Uh, it was Tomori and Callum Hudson O'Doy and Connor, Connor Gallagher, who's a Chelsea yeah. player, and yeah. a couple others, Mark Gahey and some others. Yeah, that's Chelsea right. players. Yeah. But I mean, I'm little me too old.
2: Yes, Rion Brewster, though, won the golden ball for that tournament, so uh, yeah, let's not did. forget that. So hopefully this is his opportunity to get into the squad. Um, all right, Can I so, throw
1: one more thing in here, and we'll leave mm-hmm. it at this. Chelsea got $100 million for Eden Hazard last summer. Since then, they've turned that $100 million into Hakim Ziyech and Timo Werner. On paper, that looks a
2: lot better than what what Liverpool did with with Luis Suarez and what Tottenham did with with Gareth Bale. I'm happy I'll with say, it. that's all yeah. I'll say.
1: Let's move on. It's it's good business. Chelsea are back. We're back boys. Um all right so
2: it's tough to do game previews right now because the thing is these clubs are so you know haven't played a bunch of the clubs have been doing friendlies I know Liverpool blanked Blackburn Rovers this week Arsenal had a friendly I know Chelsea everybody's playing friendlies but you know teams are getting back into game shape so it's tough to really do like a game by game breakdown once we kind of get a couple games under our belt we're going to take a closer look at some things we're going to give you games we're excited for this week coming up but let's do one big thing for the club for your club that you're looking for over the next nine games like what is the Thing you want to see your club do, Javier. Why don't you kick it off with Arsenal? Who, like I said, they'll get their first one of the first games back the Manchester City game. Yeah, on we Wednesday can like briefly May.
0: talk about the City game. There probably isn't that much to talk about. I don't really think Arsenal have much of a chance in it. Um, I'm kind of looking at this beginning of the season as like a beginning of the season um, because there it is a three month reset. Um, And Pep Guardiola is one of the best managers at getting his teams um, to start well at the beginning of a season. So I'm kind of thinking that he's going to have them flying off the blocks to start, especially since there's no Champions League, which was, you know, the goal for them this year. And I think with just the Champions League and the FA Cup to look at, um, these teams are going to be, you know, going all out in the league. And um, I'm really looking for Arsenal just to, to, you know, keep doing what Arteta was building on. He only had a few months in the job, right? And it looked like the players were improving slowly. And I just think that um, as long as they get the tactics down and um, the way that he wants them to play down, I I know that they're going to do well. Um, In that friendly um, that they that we lost to Brentford a few a few days ago, um, Arteta was definitely trying some interesting stuff. Like he played uh, Saka in the midfield, actually. Um, which he's usually been either left back or left wing. So that's interesting to see if we see him in that position more in the future. But yeah, I'm just looking for our young players to keep developing. I think it's going to be a, definitely a stretch for us to make top four this season. Um, we're going to have to beat Manchester City or at least maybe get a draw from this game if, if we have to have any chance, I think, to, to move forward, pushing for that top four spot. But I, it's, it's, it's definitely a big long shot. And I just want the players to improve. Um, I want us to make top six. Uh, obviously, I think... That's the goal for us this year. I think at least getting Europa again next year, and um, you know, moving on some of our older um, defenders and midfielders, and just um, you know, hopefully this summer maybe getting a a one world class uh, midfielder in there. Um, And I know we have uh, Saliba, who's who's was on loan to Saint Etienne this year. He'll be, you know, a a nice strong, um, good young center back that's going to be coming into the squad. And uh, yeah, just looking forward to to getting getting the seeing the players play again. And uh, but I'm not expecting too much. You know, I'm I'm uh, quietly optimistic that they're gonna play well. And you know, having been given this time with Arteta, but Arteta was one of the managers who did get COVID. Um, I don't know how much that's going yeah, to Yeah, he was the first yeah, the first, first Premier, Premier League yeah, person to get it. So I don't it. know if you know he was out of commission and if that's going to affect uh, the preparations and if they you know our squad's going to be behind because then, I don't know. Uh, I'm really curious to see what everything looks like uh, when these first po- couple of games come down. Um but yeah, just excited to see all the all the players back on the pitch and we didn't really have any injuries
1: going into uh, March. Uh so <laughs> You had some left back injuries. Who had Kalasenakshao? Sure, Sokka had to play it. Sure, but for yeah, Kieran Tierney wasn't up
0: to speed. Hector in as well. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Tierney, Tierney and Baneaner are both looking good right now. Um, that's probably the biggest thing okay. for us is having real left and right backs. But other than that, um, I don't think it benefited us that much. Um, I think other teams um, like uh, like Chelsea, like. Uh, Manchester United like Tottenham um, have gotten back some really really key players back that were long-term injuries and um, I think that's going to probably push them over the line where I thought that we might have had a chance in March to catch up to them because of these big injuries so
2: not expecting too much Alex I'll throw it to you because I mean we know what I'm looking forward to
1: well, for Chelsea, obviously, the, the goal has to be just keep it like, staying in the top four. We've got a three-point gap over Manchester United right now. And I, I think a lot of the concern going into the final stretch of the season was the strength of schedule and the relation of that to those injuries that Javier was just talking about. Um, but I, I think a lot of those concerns have kind of been scrapped out by COVID-19. I think the strength of schedule argument... Yes, we do have Manchester City to play, and that's going to be early on. It's going to be our second game back uh, at home, and then we have Liverpool away in the second to last game. But I think now that there's going to be those games are going to be played behind closed doors. I think it's kind of reasonable to expect at least one win from those two games. I know you wouldn't normally expect that, but now there's no fans. It kind of evens the odds like a little bit in terms of momentum. So I think we can expect one win from those two games. And then a bunch of the other games that were considered difficult before, like Aston Villa away, Crystal Palace away, Sheffield United away, those games are all, you know, kind of evened out now. And I think kind of swing more in favor of Chelsea, because the one thing I've noticed has been a huge factor in... Bundesliga and now this weekend in La Liga is that the technical teams, the more technical, skilled, composed teams on the ball, have a much bigger advantage in in these closed door friendly kind of games where there's it basically feels like a training match where the best players can kind of do their thing, take their time on the ball, and without like the home crowd for those those lesser talented teams. Messie like should, should
0: be a monster these next nine games. No,
1: I mean I actually I won't. I won't disagree with that because in this environment he may flourish, and it's that's a real possibility. That's just what comes with the territory of this really strange kind of time. So I, I think Chelsea are well positioned to take advantage of that. We have a lot of technical players, and uh, I, I think we're perfectly capable of. Uh, even with some injuries. There's been a lot of injuries reported in, uh, in in Germany the last few weeks, muscular injuries due to players not being match fit and just being thrown back into th- things. So I, I think we can even withstand a few more injuries and still keep up a level of play where we maintain top four. But the one thing or one player I'm most excited to see back in action that I think can be the difference and push us over the line is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Because now he was back in training and on the bench for a couple of games before COVID-19 happened. He was on the bench for the Tottenham game. He was on the bench for uh, a Champions League game, the the Bayern Munich game. He was ready to play if they needed him to. Now, everyone else is not match fit. So the the playing odds are kind of leveled for him to just pick up from an even playing ground and dominate. And don't be surprised if Ruben Loftus-Cheek just just tears it up these last nine games. That's what I'm looking for.
2: All right. uh, We'll get over to Liverpool. I mean, look, the obvious easy slam dunk here is the title, whether it's going to take, you know, two games, one game, three games. That's the easy one. It's been 30 years. It sucks that they're not going to have the fans there to see it. Um, I'm I'm ready for the inevitable, uh, you know, tweet from Manchester United Manchester City fan of COVID nineteen was the second worst thing to happen in England this year with Liverpool winning the title because um, we know that that's going to happen. But um, so I'll, I'll take it away from the easy one. I'm excited to see what Klopp does in the remaining fixtures because I think especially with the fact that they miss out on Werner, like this is. I don't care about 109 points. I don't care about, like, beating Manchester City's point record. I really don't. What I'd rather see is, like, give Harvey Elliott, like, his first Premier League start because he's – you know he's played well and taken on opponents in every game that he's featured like give some of these young players that they they you saw in the FA Cup game against Everton and Arsenal like an opportunity to play in these final games and and figure out who you have and what they're worth like the other thing i'm excited for too is Minamino and Naby Keita because both of them are healthy right now and if they can retain that health like what can they do in these games and how can Klopp kind of change like the way that we play and almost as like Win the title. That's great. But then figure out how you're going to just attempt to win it next year in front of fans. And that, I think, is, is probably the thing that I'm most excited for, is just to see if the depth that we actually have is worth their scraps or if we have to figure out a different so it's option. So it actually... Uh, um, Adam Lalana. It was the Carabao Cup that we played in. I think you guys are not in the FA Cup,
0: right? Right.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Good call. Um, yeah, because we knocked you out. Please, play yeah. all of those players against Chelsea in the second-to-last game of the season at Anfield. Also, my big question for Liverpool isn't whether they're going to win the title or not. That's obviously going to happen. It's whether you think Liverpool's unbeaten home record will hold up in these last That's a good second. question. We're the, ones, we're the ones who hold the record. Like, we have 86 or 87 straight, and you're in 55 or 56. So you're still, like, a ways off, but... In these games with no fans, I feel like that's the biggest time where you guys could, you know, just Drop, lose yeah. one. Just It could be even a fluke. But I'm saying we're yeah. going to beat you at Anfield this season, like at the end of the season. That's what I'm saying.
2: I mean, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, because I'll say this. Klopp losing Werner to Chelsea, and if they're on the fringe of making Champions League or not, I feel like... He's gonna want to just like there's still I still think there's those huge big games against the rivals. He's gonna put out the heart the the toughest like eleven. I don't think he's gonna take those off because like why make it why not right why make why make why make it easy for Chelsea to clinch top four why make it easy for I mean we're done with United but like why make it easier for like the teams that you really consider your rivals like it's the it's the games against your you know fine we're playing Crystal Palace to win the title but it's those games where it's like those mid-table clubs that are firmly mid-table that that's your opportunity to, to kind of test your depth but those big teams I, I, the, I plus the squash thing.
1: I completely yeah. understand. I mean if you're Liverpool you're looking over your shoulder and obviously you know City you've been battling it out with them for the last couple seasons but you're looking over your shoulder and you're thinking oh my god Chelsea oh my god we're going to have to deal with them for the next 5 years. I mean you got to oh, figure no. out a keeper first.
0: We, we, we have a capa. Yeah, I don't think so, buddy. <laughs> yeah, capa trash. Oh. Yeah, 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 we, we we, yeah, we
1: gotta.
2: Yeah, we're gonna figure that one out. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really uh, Mina Mino and Nabi Keita, I think are like the, the two big ones that I'm excited to watch. Um, all right, games where you are excited for this week, gentlemen. I mean, you've got games. What is it? Almost every day is starting Wednesday? And, and like this is this is the best thing ever though. Is it all after all this time of nothing we finally have something. Okay, we've got games on Wednesday. We're off Thursday, but Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We literally have like seven straight days of games. Which is just gonna be
0: uh, should we I mean I don't know if Amazing. We
2: should, like fantasy's back too guys. I don't know
0: if uh... If you guys are still going to be doing that, I know Alex and I are still in like a battle there. I might, I might start taking a look at that soon. But it's going to be really interesting to see how like fantasy's affected with um, with all this COVID stuff and players coming back. And um, I definitely think that players like Marcus Rashford, who are going to be out for the rest of the season, Harry Kane, um, Human Son... These are all players that you got to look at now and start thinking about again in fantasy, and, and they're, they could be the players who push their teams back of the line. I think Tottenham were sitting in like ninth place, or they were right next to us in the table, and they were free falling um, with uh, half their squad injured, and now everyone's back. So you know you got to think Tottenham might be back. Uh, Mourinho, I'm looking really looking forward for that Tottenham United game. That's my that's the one that I'm looking forward to in this uh, this weekend right now as uh, the big game that might be the most
2: competitive of all of them. Um also Manchester United's going to they ran it in a friendly this week Bruno Fernandes and Paul Pogba in the same midfield. I don't know if that's really going to be able to work. I think it could with the right defensive midfielder. Apparently it was Matic sitting which I think is he's too immobile, but Scott McTominy back there with the three that like that three man midfield on or paper for- or yeah, or Fred sounds like it could be something. Or even if you scoot Bruno off to like right midfielder and have him cutting in as like kind of like a, the way Bernardo Silva does for Manchester City, you kind of push him in that role. You have Pogba, Fred, that's McTominay what I think they could probably midfield. do, like
0: a front three of Martial, Bruno, Rashford, and then have Pogba, Fred, McTominay in the midfield. Um, I kind of think that that might might work a little better. There might be more balance in the team, but I think just having Pogba back as well, he was you know the, he, there was he wasn't anywhere in sight coming in. Um, I think he has to show up now. He might be the type of player that without a crowd, without people getting on his back, you know you might see him blow up and and, and do well. He wants to leave. I know, but he's got to play. He's got to play his way out of there if he wants to leave. You know, I, I don't think he can. He can yeah. just you know. Lounges way and sit on the bench and not look good these next few games. So I, I think that if Tottenham win this game, they're they're still in it for top four in a sliver like we are. Um, but I think that they're going to be going all out to uh, to be prepared for this game and and the same for United. I mean, United are, what three points behind Chelsea? So I think that 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 those are the really that that's the that's the game I'm most looking forward to this weekend. Come on, draw. Come on, draw. Yeah, come on, draw. Absolutely.
1: Give me the draw. <laughs>
2: It's, I actually looked at I, the honestly, odds for that. The draw is pretty good. It's a honestly, plus two forty for a Tottenham-Man United draw.
1: We, that Tottenham United game is obviously interesting, and so is the Manchester City Arsenal game. But Aston Villa Sheffield uh, might have like the most repercussions, like throughout the league. Just to get us started, it's one p.m. on Wednesday before that City Arsenal game later on. I know City are you know they're. They're kind of treading water and just keeping second place in the league and Arsenal are trying to kickstart their season and get back into Europa League. But Aston Villa are in the relegation zone right now. They're second from bottom. Uh, Sheffield are still relatively in the mix for even a Champions League place. Though I, I feel like with the changes expected, like Sheffield's home advantage might be kind of devalued and might drop off. So, but if they want to maintain their European challenge. They have to win this game against Villa, and Villa, if they want to stay up, they have to get at least a draw, you'd think, because they're really down in the shitter, and they have Chelsea coming up on Sunday right after the Sheffield game, so it doesn't really get any easier for them.
2: Yeah, no, um, I... <sighs> You're definitely right, uh, but look, I have to say the game I'm excited for is the Merseyside Derby because I feel like Liverpool might just come out and land based Everton. Like it might be they beat them five two. Yeah, but it's, it's Carlo Ancelotti it might, now. Might, I
0: wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, put it past. Uh, we still beat him with the second it's true, team, <laughs> but I, I wouldn't put it past him being uh, fully fit. Yeah, fully fit team. I think I think they, they were another team that were ravaged by injuries. Um, I could definitely see them. As well as Leicester, you know, Leicester looked so good for the first, you know, half of the season. They were kind of falling off for a little bit. They had a few injuries. You know, Vardy wasn't wasn't fully fit, and um, you know they were they kept getting nimbling injuries to Madison. And I don't know. I I, I feel like that the, all these teams that had all these injured players are going to benefit really greatly from from this COVID stuff, and some of these other teams that were maybe gaining a little momentum during the season. I don't think I don't know how much it's going to matter now. I don't know how much your momentum is going to matter. I, I really do think it's going to be like a beginning, like the beginning of the year when you know teams are just rusty, some some misplaced passes, you know, p- pulled hammies, you know, uh, lot, lots of substitutes. So well, I saw
2: I saw somebody say online it was like the teams that are well organized will will the teams that are well organized uh, came into the Bundesliga and have done really well, and the teams that were not and were well led. Have been, have really struggled. And it's, it's been, I, I think we're going to something see something similar. And I think, too, like a bunch of these teams are safe and really don't have much to play for. And then there's a bunch of these teams that don't. And I, I'd like, I'd, I just have no idea how it's really going to come to fruition. Southampton and Norwich, um, that's probably a
0: really big game there um, for the relegation battle. I think both of those teams have. You know, uh Southampton I know is pretty pretty South, they're they're pretty Southampton safe. Southampton
1: might be they might just be about but, safe. I was thinking it might be from twelve down Newcastle or on thirty five. Uh, from them down, it might be like those teams need to be worried just because of the variability that this whole situation throws up. But that would still take for Norwich, that's still I think like a ten point gap for them to overcome to get up to thirty five points. They're on so, twenty-one ooh, points right yeah, now, that's, that's and they're six.
2: They're, they're six points behind Watford, who are tied on twenty-seven with with Watford and Bournemouth, who are seventeen. That's not impossible, so, though. I mean, I mean, it's we've not seen... impossible. But they to, did get off to, to a start,
1: but to put it in perspective, Arsenal are about eight points behind Chelsea right now. So, I still think Arsenal have like the slimmest of chances of getting Champions League. But you know, it would obviously take them overtaking an eight-point gap and a bunch of teams in between them falling off too. Those same factors kind of come into uh, come into play here with the bottom of the table. Even though those teams obviously aren't. Hey, as remember good
0: how as how as well Pookie consistent. started the beginning of the season? You know, maybe maybe he just thinks of it as a new start. Pookie, Pookie's, Pookie's back. back. Uh, could yeah,
2: could, uh, could he, he be, be back? Yeah, I
0: don't know. So I mean, I, I think players that I'm also interested in seeing Jimenez was on kind of a tear. Um, You know, before all the COVID stuff, and he was scoring almost every other game, and um, I think he's on sitting on like 13 or 14 goals this season. So he's one that I'm looking. Um, I think this Wolves team are also what four points off of top four, something like that, and I'm sure they still fancy themselves to at least get a Europa spot this year. So um, I think that West Ham Wolves game is really big. West Ham, you know, they're still hovering around that relegation zone, and um, I think that's going to be a big game. I think Watford at home, uh, their old manager. You know, uh, with having Lester visit, I think that's another uh, that should be another fun one. And uh, there's there's all oh, yeah, of these games are fun.
2: We haven't had games. I know. In three I'm going to watch everything. I mean, we're just going to be <laughs> we're just going to be
0: glued to the TV for these uh, next couple of weeks. So, um, I think FA Cup um, is what in two weeks, which I, I know, Alex, you weren't happy about that they continue in the FA Cup. Um, I think it's there's not even it's it's next weekend
1: or the there's, weekend. There's after just the there's going to be so much footy. Um,
0: I think there's going to be a lot of injuries. I think. I think we're going to be seeing um, a lot of surprises, too. Um, I I don't think it's going to be as clear cut as just the best technical team is going to win. I think that fitness is going to be a big part of it. I think whoever can keep their team the fittest, which is why I'm a little bit hopeful for Arteta, who seems to be a big, big fitness coach. Um, Same with Pep, uh, Klopp. You know, these players, uh, these these coaches are are big on fitness. And I think that's going to be a a big factor in these last nine games. And uh, there's a lot of these. There's going to be a lot of double game weeks, a lot of, you know, playing mid a week, playing in the weekend, then FA Cup. And I don't know. I,
1: I'm, I'm. Uh Javier, I think I was talking to you and uh, Connor about this the other day um, about how the fact that this next month and a half or two months, whatever it is, there's nine Premier League games, nine or 10, depending on the team, to play in this next month and a half, plus FA Cup for some teams. That was supposed to be three months. I think, yeah. I, not, yeah, well, I think, that, I think that vastly favors the teams at the top half of the table who are used to playing Champions League and Europa League games consistently throughout like 50 to 60% of their season. They have weekend and midweek games. That's like their squads are built for that. The rest of the league, we've seen it with Burnley in recent seasons. Wolves have been one of the teams that we thought, oh, maybe this could be a factor in them dropping off in the league this season. But they ended up having a big enough squad to fulfill those challenges going into Europa League this season. It's a big it's a big factor for all the teams I think mid-table and below where, you know, a, a couple, two or three injuries that keep their players out for two weeks, they're missing four games, and those four games are deciding whether they're in a relegation battle or or it's safe with a couple games to go. So, uh, the variability that that brings into account is it's undeniable and I think in if you're gonna ask me to bet a couple weeks from now, I'm I'm guessing I'm going to be betting on on uh, favorites. Got, uh, there's not going to be many underdogs that I'm going to bet on because uh, I just feel like the favorites are going to be the top half teams. Like regardless of whether they're playing at home or away, these are training matches, and the top half teams have the better players at usually plays out to them winning most of the time i
2: found um while watching Bundesliga, i found a new favorite thing to bet on because you know you're you it's exactly what alex said like you're watching dortmund or you're watching Bayern or leipzig and you know that they're going to beat the other team and even the bookies know that they're wet regardless of the clean sheet so it's called wdw and you pick it's essentially like what's it called where like you, you it's kind of a parlay. In the sense where it's like you bet, like I would bet Bayern and Bayern to win and more than three and a half goals in the game, and I would get that. Yeah, like that was the only way I could get good odds. Where it's like you're you're not only betting the over, but you're also betting the team to win. So I think that's going to be something that we really start to look for with some of those games. And like I hit that successfully a whole bunch um, with Bundesliga uh, stuff. One, so that that one is one
0: big thing we haven't mentioned, guys. Um, there's actually five substitutes um, for the rest of the Premier League season. Um, instead of three subs, managers can now make five substitutes, um, which I think will be a big factor as well. That means a lot of these bench players who maybe were on the fringe, um, they're going to be getting game time. And I think that the best manager a lot of times is going to be is going to make a big difference. I think like if you've got a lot of technical changes, a lot of players who, um, you know, your Devock, Origis, Mason Greenwood. Um, you know, a, a lot of these players who maybe weren't getting a ton of game time uh, starting, you know, I think we're going to see them a lot more. And I think you're going to see a lot of substitute substitutions at halftime, uh, double changes at halftime, things like that. So I, I, it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, and I think that uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited for that change because I
1: think that'd be good. Do you want one more one more weird factor? Summer football in England. I know England yeah. isn't famous for it's like hot summers. But, you know, football usually isn't played in England around this time. And, like, it should be fine. You know, most days it's still going to be overcast. That's usually summers in England. But the weather is unpredictable. Like, during the summer, it can go from, like, a a torrential downpour and super cold, like it's in the fall here in America, to, like, 90 degrees and sunny within, like, a 20 to 30-minute span. The weather is so unpredictable there. So... It's gonna be it's gonna be different. It's it's another variable that just adds to the sort of you know mystique of what this whole like pickup of Premier League play is gonna be like. It's gonna be crazy. All right,
2: all right. Good point. Good point. Okay, before we wrap it up, because I think we we pretty much hit on everything. So let's let's do two things. Golden boot winners. Because I know we said we will do, after one week of watching everything, we'll give our final top six prediction for the season. But let's, I feel like we can throw out our golden boot. I mean, Jamie Vardy's still sitting on 19 goals, leading the league. You've got Pierre McAbramiang on 17, Aguero and Mosala on 16, Danny Ings on 15. Um, and then that's your top five right there. Where's Tammy? Is he on 14? Tammy is on thirteen below Saudi Mane, Marcus Rashford, and Dominic Calvert Lewin. He's ninth in the league. Uh, he's tied with Raul. I think Jimenez. it because he got injured so, for a while, right?
0: Who, you guys, you guys kept having to play yeah. Uh I, I'm still, I'm sticking yeah. with with mine from the beginning of the season. I'm still going with Obama yang um, I mean, he's he's got plenty of those shit teams to play for the rest of the season. I don't think we have the hardest schedule um, after City. I think we just have Liverpool left. There's a, there's a really hard game, so. Um and I think that's I might even be our last game of the
1: season. Um, second to last. Second okay. to last. Um, no, that's us and Liverpool. Chelsea Liverpool is the second to last game of the season. I know that for a fact. But you guys have to play them.
2: Yeah, we play Arsenal away, and then the then three days or four days later we play Chelsea. So it's the game before. It's the third third to last game of the season. Okay.
1: Yeah, and I
0: mean I, ju- I'm I'm sticking with a Um, he's looked good and he's games, whatever that means, but uh, I think he's just, he's he's kept his fitness up, um, he's always sharp to start a season, and I don't know, my bet's still on Yang.
1: Alex? I'll say Vardy. I mean, he's he's just as likely to tear up these training matches as anyone, you know. He'll work hard at, regardless, and he's got a pretty substantial lead already, so I'll say Vardy. So no one's going to give Sergio Aguero love because I'm obviously going to say Salah. like
2: Duh. Like, come on! Like, do we do we even? I mean, this Aguero podcast? could just
1: like pull up with a muscular injury that keeps him out for like a week and a half or two, and you know that that could happen. They have Jesus that so they can rotate in. Yep. He's not as necessary to the team as like Vardy is for Leicester. And um, over under
2: games, it takes Liverpool to clinch the title. Two, I'll give you a two and a half. Two. So I'll under. say
0: three. I'll say
2: three. Okay, I'll ta- I'll take the under. I think they beat. Everton and they win it at home against Palace. Um, I mean, the, the wild one would be if, if Arsenal upset if Arsenal upset uh, City this weekend, and then Liverpool or this week, and the Liverpool beat Everton on Sunday. It's over, which would be. I mean, it would be amazing for Liverpool to win it at Goodison, but I, I'd, I'd almost rather <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, o- over under 10,000 to 20,000 new cases of COVID after Liverpool <laughs> won the league and all their fans oh, man. <laughs> were into the streets anyway. Uh, that's the little, over-under I'm looking at. How many new COVID cases will well, Liverpool you, winning the league cause in the city of Liverpool itself? How much damage you, to the population of Liverpool <laughs> will the club do just by winning the league? You guys you need see, to be more sensitive. You need to hold it off for as long as possible and then win the league in like the third to last or fourth to last game. You know, nah. If you cared about the people of Liverpool, you would not win the league title this early. You would let it play out. <laughs> Um, I can't. I can't keep going. I'm sorry. This was a bit. Just just um, to be
0: clear, my, that was a bit. Uh, my my bet for Golden uh, Glove though is Allison. I think he. Uh, he I think he's sitting on ten, uh, along with Casper Schmeichel on ten, Dean Henderson's ten, and Nick Pope's at eleven clean sheets. But uh, my bet for Golden Glove is is Allison. So, I think uh, I think Liverpool.
2: Um, I- Will will the, will the Anfield faithful end up on the roof of Anfield like they were in the Porto game earlier this week? I don't know. I saw it on Bleach Report's Instagram. The fans snuck onto the roof and were lighting off flares in the middle of one of the Porto games, which, like, not Wait, good, but amazing. Porto
1: in the Champions League this year or last no,
2: year? No, no, no. No, the Portuguese league is playing right now, but no one has coverage of it here in the States. And literally their fans snuck onto the the stadium roof and lit off flares after they scored goals, which is... I mean, there was a pitch invader in the Barcelona game yesterday.
1: That's yeah. commitment, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. I saw that, and I was like, that's the most impressive pitch invasion of all time. There are exactly. no fans allowed in the stands, and this guy <laughs> managed to not just infiltrate the field, but before that, infiltrate the stadium before running onto the field.
2: Yeah, I'm legend. In- in- insane. Absolute legend. I- um, we're not really doing bets of the week, but I like Sheffield at plus 125. Thank you guys for listening. We're happy to be back. Follow us along on Twitter and, and Instagram at GhostGoldPod at ASMOS92, at JavierRev9, and at Andrew Passaro. Until next week.
1: bye